Listen to the Game Up podcast and I will not have to kill you. What is it? What is this called? A one-up gaming podcast? All right, here it goes. Are we ready? Are we rolling? All right. Listen to the one-up gaming podcast and I will not have to kill you. Disobey these orders and I will destroy your city. Go fuck yourself. Hey there guys, welcome to the 1UP Gaming Weekly Podcast. Uh, Today I'm your host, uh, Chris. Uh, I'm sure you guys have heard me before, but this week I am in charge. Uh, And it is just me and David this week. Hello. Hello, David is... uh, You're not doing very well, are you, David? He's pretty sick. I've had a full day of throwing up. Brilliant. Yeah. Um... So before we do anything else, let's just jump straight into our weekly sponsor, get that out of the way for you guys. Uh, So this week we're sponsored by Audible. Want to listen to free and interesting books? Try the Audible 30 Days Trial. Join Audible today, and you can enjoy your first listen on us for free. So of course, uh, if you don't like your audiobook as well, then you can exchange it for another for free. Um, What are you waiting for? Visit www.audible.com audibletrial.com slash O-U-G and try the Audible 30 days trial right now. Cool, there we go, we got the formalities out of the way. Uh, so let's jump into the podcast. So David, what have you uh, what have you been playing this week? Well, this week I put a bit more time into the Technomancer. Right. Which... I heard that shit. It's starts off promising yeah and then about three minutes into the game you work out it's not very good mm. you know because it's all walking with full dialogue and you think oh it's building up to be quite a deep deep meaningful sort of game something similar to like mass effect yeah, yeah yeah it has that vibe to it but unfortunately it's got like real-time combat and it's so basic. Yeah. It's, imagine Mass Effect, but with one-third the budget. It kind of looked to me like, with the Mars setting, it kind of looked um, Mass Effect-y, but it also uh, was kind of like real reminiscent of, um, did you ever play the Star Wars The Force Awakens games? Yeah. It looked kind of that, like that, combat-wise? No, it's worse than that. Worse? Okay. Yeah, this is... Basically, it's an action role-playing game. And it's basically got, like, a kick, a punch. And that's basically it. I saw you got, like, you got some kind of, uh, like, Tesla staff or something. I mean, that looked alright. That looked kind of cool. Yeah. I wouldn't recommend it, though. No? No. Have we got a, have we, have we got a review coming up at any point of it? Um, supposed to have been writing one. Supposed to. I've got, I've got two paragraphs in. Yeah. It's hard to say, you know, how bad the game is about being a dick. Yeah, yeah. 
So I'm just working out how to phrase things. But yeah, hopefully... Isn't it, isn't it, isn't it a sequel? I don't know. I have never I heard, heard it of like it. A sequel. Yeah, I heard it was a sequel to like another like completely differently named game. I've not heard of anything that... I mean, on the video that I put up on our YouTube channel, which the PR team asked me to take down, I had a lot of people saying, oh, I'm so excited to try the game from the team that, you know, from their new game, so I think so. I think they've done other things, but I'd, I'd have no idea what they've done. Uh, they, they developed a game called Mars Warlogs. I think I have heard of that. I think that was actually not too bad. Uh, and that, well, that yeah, was a role-playing like game. A, yeah, cyberpunk role-playing game. Yeah. And that, yeah, I think I think it was maybe a... I don't know, it was either like a... You know, the the first game in the series, or it was like a... Like, Technomance is like a spiritual successor, because it says it features a character who can specialise in stealth, combat, or Technomancy. Yeah. I mean, it might just be the fact that... That's a horrible name. Maz, Warlog, whatever. Yeah, it really is. So they're probably just rebranded. But I would actually say the the original's probably better than this one. That's a shame to hear. Because the original was on three sixty, I'd have a guess. No idea. And it'd be on PC, of course. Yeah, it was on three sixty and PS three. Yeah. And. So the technology-wise, they've probably got more out of those machines than they have on the Xbox One and PS4. Yeah. Because I'd have a guess, because from what I can gather, they're a small team, so they've probably just ported the engine across. Yeah. And it's basically the same sort of game. Just It looks a bit grittier. From what I've played this game, it looks a lot darker and grittier. So I remember seeing the screenshots of the Mars one, and it looked all... Nice and sunny days with dust everywhere. Yeah. So, yeah, so I wouldn't recommend that. Another game that I did play was Anima Gate of Memories. Okay. And, horrible name, but this is a game that the Technomancer wishes it was. It's a role playing game, but it's got real time quick combat and it feels a yeah. bit like Devil May Cry sort of thing okay so the combat's a lot better a lot more sophisticated and it just it's a really crap name though yeah but I think this is like a Japanese game so they just literally translated it or something oh wait didn't you try and get me to review this and um, the code didn't work uh... like wasn't it because it was like a US code or something it might have been I can't remember now. Because I know I've got it's it on the... Th- they sent me a 360 card. Yeah. Not 360, sorry. Xbox One. Yeah, yeah. And... Someone else reviewed it. On the, either reviewed the PC version. Yeah. But yeah, so... If you want to get um, like an action, combat, role-playing game... This game is so much better... The graphics are a lot anime sort of in style, so they look all 
women with big breasts. Right, kind of like over-sexualized characters. Yeah. Which, I, I don't know if it's because I'm not 12 anymore, but when I'm watching it, it's just like, oh, God. It's, I think as you get older, it becomes tiring. It's like, I, I, um, I remember when I reviewed uh, Shantae and the Pirate's Curse. Mm. I mean, it was a fine game. It was like a fine side-scrolling kind of platformer kind of thing. Um, well, not really a platformer, but you, you know what I mean, like a side-scroller. And, you know, like, one of the, the kind of biggest problems I had in my review is I was just like, why is every female character I come across, like, wearing some deviation on, like, some kind of bikini or, like, bra outfit? And, it like, I, I just mean, it just it doesn't feel necessary. It doesn't feel like these characters need to be dressed so scantily. Yeah. I mean, it reminds but, me of the original sort of, like, Dead or Alive sort of series. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I, mean, I will say the original Dead or Alive still is an amazing game, and Dead or Alive Two is an amazing game. Yeah, and it's just a shame that over here, at, at least, it all got made famous just because of the boob physics. Yeah. Instead of the deep fighting style that it actually had. Yeah. But. I was thinking of getting the the latest Dead or Alive, because you can actually... What, what one's that? I think, is it five? Might be five, or is it six? If it's five, five, five's quite old. Yeah, it might be six. But I know in the latest one you can be... Now, people that listen to this might sort of wince when I say this, but it's probably the only games where you'll actually be able to play as Virtua Fighter characters because it's got two or three characters in there from the right. Virtua Fighter franchise. I don't think Sega are going to be making any more Virtua Fighters anytime soon. Yeah. But So, out of all the action role-playing games this week, I had to get the anima gate of memories. So, next up, Battlefield 4. I don't know why I got it. It was on sale for like three quid. Yeah, that's like, that's 2013. That's three years old now. Yeah, and I hated it when it first came out. Oh, why'd you buy it then? It was three quid. Oh, was yeah, it two pounds summit? I know, it was something stupid. I also bought Battlefield Hardline. Yeah. But I will say, I used to have the EA Access... And I actually really enjoyed that game. Not enough to pay 50 quid for it, but, you know, for three quid, it's like, yeah, I'll buy that. Yeah, yeah, no, fair enough. But I, I haven't... They're still downloading, that is. Because the internet is really slow. So one of the games for... Xbox Games for Gold, Rainbow Six Vegas 2. Yeah. I had forgotten how extremely hard that game is. I mean, it literally loads you in and it's like, oh, you have to go through this corridor and clear the rooms out. And I was just like doing my normal Call of Duty, just run through and shoot people sort of thing. Yeah. Very first room that I encountered, I walked in and I got shot dead in one shot. 
Really? Yeah. You have to basically go up against the wall, press one of the... I don't know if it was a trigger or the actual left bumper, one of the two. And yeah, yeah. It actually goes out to a third-person view where you've got the back against the wall and you shimmy against the wall and you peek around the corner. Yeah. And you have to go... It's so good, so different. You know, it's a lot more realistic, which is probably why it didn't do so well against Call of Duty 4. Yeah. You know, because like Call of Duty 4 looked amazing, was like a Michael Bay movie with all these explosions and stuff. Whereas that, it's just like, you walk two feet, you get shot dead. Yeah. And a lot of people probably didn't like that. So, another game that I downloaded because at the... Could you played a lot this week? Microsoft press conference, they announced it was free to download. I actually bought it on the Nintendo Wii U, one of the only games I have got for the Wii U from digital download. Right. Which I don't think I can play now because my external hard drive died. I probably can't play it. But... Right. I got it for the Xbox One because it's backwards compatible, but it's Tekken Tag Tournament 2. Oh, okay. And yeah, that's another good game. I'm really excited for Tekken 7. And King of Fighters 15. I think Tekken 7's early next year. Might be wrong, but I think it's early next year. Okay. But yeah, I was actually. Pleasantly surprised at how good this game was. I think graphically it's aged quite badly, but it still plays a mighty fine round of Tekken. Yeah. Next up, again with the Xbox sale, I got F1 2015, which is technically still the current Formula 1 game, but the new one's coming out in a couple of months. Yeah. That was like a tenner, so it's not too bad. And it's weird. It looks really nice graphically when you're in the when you're racing. But on the overhead shots of the tracks you can just see how lack of detail there is in cert- in the like certain parts of the track. Because it's now at like basically like 1080p. It's the you can see the track so detailed, and then you get like little bits of like boxes and stuff, and it hasn't yeah. got as much detail, and it just looks a bit weird. But I know it's very stripped down as this one. You know they've took out all the career modes, and you can just basically do the championship, and that's basically it. Yeah. So, but I thought for a tenner, I'll buy it. Not sure enough. Probably the best game this week that I've played was Inside. Which we will not go into heaps of detail in. No, week. I'm not going to go into any sort of details. Um, I did discover the secret room in the <clears throat> cornfield. God damn it, that's a detail. But my, uh, the, the thing I will say is... I'm zoning out. It's got hardly any music whatsoever. It's just like the background wind and noise and and the it is absolutely gloriously 
plays amazing. It looks amazing. It it is one of the better games I've played in a long time. I mean, did you like Limbo? Did I like Limbo? Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, I thought I really enjoyed Limbo. I I do still think it's one of the my top ten Xbox three sixty games of all time. I think it's a great game. Um. I think it just it was just different at the time. Mm. It was unique and it had great atmosphere and it was really tense. Um, it just had fantastic tone from the visual to the sound. It was yeah. I, I still think it's one of the the best Xbox 360 games of all time. So that's why I'm I'm so excited for Inside and why I'm so kind of like adverse to hearing any spoilers or anything. Like it, it's one of those games where it's like Uncharted Four like. After I saw those first couple trailers, I was like, cool, I don't want to know anything about Uncharted 4, I just want to experience it. I tell you, that's different for me, because like, I've actually listened to a lot of like spoiler casts about it, and <clears throat> I couldn't care less. You know, no, I'm, I'm very excited. I'll, I'll just sort of play the game, and if I like how it feels and plays, then it's good. Yeah, you know, I mean, that's one of the reasons why I'm not a big Uncharted fan. Yeah, you know, I just don't like the way it sort of feels and plays. The same as like Assassin's Creed, the the last game, I loved the the story and the character sort of thing with the brothers, brother and sister. Yeah, but yeah, I thought that was good in Syndicate. Yeah, the actual movement of the characters. It still feels like a 360 sort of game, very clunky, and I hated how it played. Yeah, okay. But I mean, I thought I improved on it a fair amount since the the previous installments, but I I still do understand that like Assassin's Creed, it, it's never felt like entirely smooth compared to like stuff like Infamous Second Son or stuff like that, where there is a very very fluid sense of movement and traversal, and yeah. Which is the one for the PS4? Is that Second Son? That's Second Son, and then there was a smaller title, uh, First Light. Because I've I've got the the one that came out for like, just after launch, so probably f- First Son, Second Son, whatever. Second Son, yeah, Second Son, yeah. And I didn't really enjoy it. God damn it, David! But we we all know you just like your bloody arcade races and soccer games. I, I mean, loved you... Saints Row Three. But that's a real clunky game. I mean, it's a good game. I really love Saints Row 3, but I think that the doesn't reason, have a fantastic sense of movement. The reason why I liked that, it was a lot more story-driven. Then, then Second Son. I just got bored of following your brother or your father or something. <laughs> what the hell it was. I mean, Saints Row definitely has a more out-there story, yeah. I think that's why I liked it. It was more tongue-in-cheek and just completely surreal okay so you're not really so i'm getting the feel that you're just you're not into the more emotional or kind of gritty narrative experiences inside was amazing limbo's amazing it's i think it's open world games i'm not a big fan of open world games but i didn't like okay. theft out of five or four right okay well, that might just be a taste thing, then. You know, it's just it, these kind of things aren't just for you, then. You say I liked Grand Theft Auto Three and Vice City. 
I didn't like yeah. San Andreas. I thought that looked horrendous. Yeah. But. No, and I think a big thing is like working in this industry, you have to be flexible and be able to kind of play and write about a variety of titles. But at the same time, you've got to accept what's for you and what isn't. Yeah. It's like it's why I it's why I don't pick up, uh, you know, and you know, unless I, I have to, it's why I wouldn't pick up a racing game or a sports game to review or to write an article about because it's just not a genre that I'm either passionate about or I'm particularly familiar with, you know? I tell you, I'd, uh, I don't know if I've mentioned it on the podcast or not, Dino Dini's kickoff oh, revival. You've mentioned it a million times, Ever. yeah. Oh. Yeah, it's a, it's a bad game. Yes, we know that. <laughs> it was doing a live stream which I recorded, and it was like, come ask him questions while he's doing the patches. Because the game fucking needs more than patches. Um, right. And, like, I was, like, sort of saying, so did you have to release the game during Euro 2016 with the Sony contract that you signed? Is that why you came up with a bare-bones game that's got no features and no... Damn, that's savage, mate. He didn't answer the question. <laughs> Yeah, of course, mate. It's a, it's a bloody <laughs> brutal question. It's alright. But the funny thing is, because he is a bit... Let's just use the word arrogant. Alright. Because of that, whenever anyone writes a tweet that says something about Kickoff Revival being not very good... There's a lot of people, well, there's hundreds of people that retweet him constantly. Yeah. Just because they dislike Dino Dini. Yeah. And, I mean, I don't know if I've mentioned this on the podcast or not, but I was due to have an interview with him. Yeah. And I basically was talking to him because he did the old kickoff games in the 89, 90 sort of time. Mm-hmm. And that's what I was saying. Oh, it was some of my favourite games when I was growing up. When I was like ten, eleven, they were amazing games, and we were getting on quite well, you know, on Facebook messages back and forth. And I sort of managed to get out of him that you know that this is before there was any videos of the game of the Kickoff Revival, and I managed to sort of get him to say that it was like I sort of mentioned also. Oh, is the game in 3D or is it this... And he was like, oh, I can't say any details. And then I was like, in my other questions, I was like, oh, so what's the camera level? And it was basically, I've, I've worked out that, yes, it's an overhead camera in full 3D. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I mentioned that I, I played the original Kickoff and I loved it so much. And then I sort of said that I played the Mega Drive version. And he basically just said... I had nothing to do with the Mega Drive version. They stole the game from me and blocked me. Shoot. That's a big thing, sir. Okay. But yeah, that's... There's been bits and bobs said during the last few years, and it's... But anyway, the last game that I played this week is... Oh my god, you, you have more. Just one more. How long, um, how long did you play these games? Did you jump into the like half an hour each or something? Well, the Technomancer, I wasn't allowed to mention it until the twenty eighth. 
So I think we okay. just... Oh, maybe I could have mentioned it last week, but I probably forgot. Because I've had it about a month. Okay. Um, but yeah, a lot of these other games, um, like Battlefield 4, Vegas 6, T- Tekken Tag 2, I have only put like 10, 20 minutes in because they're old games. I just... I thought, I better just download them, give them a quick go. You just jump back into them for a bit. Yeah, just a bit of fun. But... This game, Auto Warriors, which only right. came out yesterday, but I guess Thursday now because we're a few days away from that now. I forget we record at a certain time at night, and I lose track of days easily. Um, but basically, this is from a small team, and previously, some of the developers and some of the people involved made amazing racing games like Split Second, which is one of my all-time favourites on the Xbox 360. Um, Yeah. And this game, it's... Imagine the look and the style and the setting of, like, Mad Max. Okay. So you have cars that look old, beaten-up muscle cars, but with, like, rocket launchers, guns, and... You can like, drop mines. So like a twisted metal kind of thing? Yeah. Kind of that kind of... But a lot more realistic sort of thing. Okay. And at the moment it's exclusive to iOS. So it's iPhone and iPad. Now it's an over-the-head view. So like top-down view like micro-machines. Yeah. And it's a turn-based vehicle combat game. How, how the hell does that work? Let that sink in for a second. <laughs> basically, you know that makes no sense to me. So basically, the you like put your finger on the car, and you can draw a line of where you want your car to go. And it's all real physics, so it does all like this: the skids, the spins, and it has to go around obstacles and around buildings and stuff. And once you've made your movement, you press the, in the bottom corner, it says play, and it plays the next three seconds of movement. And then once the three seconds it's up, it stops, and you can move the car again or move the you know, direction. And, and yeah. basically, you just try to get either in front of the, the other car or behind the other car, use machine guns or drop a mine. And for an iPhone game, I was really shocked at how much of a game it is. You know, because normally on iPhone, I mean, it's the rise of the clickers. Yeah, but... And I I think because it's a touchscreen control, it works so well. It's not as twitchy as it would have been. If it was like with a virtual buttons, yeah, doing it this way, you actually get time to do the movement, press play, and another great feature. After you've played the match, I think you can do like multiplayer. It's like three minutes long, so it's quite quick matches as well. But yeah, I, I believe th- it's three minutes long, even though it's turn based. 
I mean, to be fair, I've not got that far into it. I've just completed the, the training because I only downloaded it this morning. Oh, okay. And I've been in bed ill all day. But I sort of like, I thought I'd better play something. So I completed the tutorial because I interviewed Nick, who's one of the lead people. He's one of the studio owners yeah, at, at yeah. Gungeon Games. So I thought I'd better have something of a, you know, play of it. Uh, and I've played it after we finished the interview for a, uh, about 10, 20 minutes. And another great a thing that's really smart is after you've completed it, you can actually click replay. And it plays the whole thing with a multiple of camera angles in real time. Yeah. yeah. So you can watch the whole car zipping around shooting. And, and then you can upload that to like, Twitter or Facebook. So... And it's free That's to play. Quite cool. So I would cool. recommend like, that. Yeah, there's like um, I always used to enjoy in Super Meat Boy, where you you do where you goes and you die a million times, but then after beating the level, it would show you, you get like a all thousand the different versions running. of you. Yeah, yeah, I loved that as well. More games should do that. No, especially in games where it is about kind of finely tuned. Like, you're going to die a million times, but when you get it right, you're going to look like a god. And then being able to actually just watch yourself do it, it it's so satisfying. Yeah. I think it... I mean, there's other games where you have to purposely kill yourself to actually change characters to be able to move forward. Yeah. I don't know what the hell was it. Was it Brofast? No, it was... Some of time force. Super time force? Yeah, maybe super time force. Sounds like it, because that's a time travel sort of thing. Yeah, no, I remember that. Yeah. And... Other than that, that is all I've been playing. The only thing I will say is... After playing oh, a couple of these football games, I got given a code for a game called Natural Soccer... Which the developer, I was tweeting out saying that I was disappointed with Dino Dini's kickoff revival. I think the best retro inspired game coming out soon is the Social Soccer by John Hare. Yeah, you reviewed that, didn't you? No, it was a preview. Ah, okay. But yeah, I thought it was the best game at the event that I went to. And that included playing on a HTC Vive. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which I was very underwhelmed with, to be honest. But so okay. this guy that that does the natural soccer is like a single developer that made the game, and he he emailed me saying, "Oh, if you like these games, you you might want to check this out." And so he gave me the code, downloaded it. I've got a video of it up on our YouTube channel. And I was playing away. It feels good, but it was a bit slow. And the characters... I think it started off as like an iPhone sort of game. So the characters, I think they're 2D sprites. They're not exactly brilliant. Yeah, no, fair enough. But it's a top-down view game. And it played really nice. And then I managed to get into the settings. And you can actually change the speed up to like 125% faster. 
and that's when it got a lot better. So I think the slower speed of the suited mobile phone, you know, so it's not as twitchy sort of thing. Yeah. But when you've got a gamepad in your hand, you want it that little bit faster just to challenge yourself. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, that I was really, really enjoyed that. So hopefully we'll be interviewing that guy as well. I've emailed off and he was like, yeah, we'll we'll chat. So hopefully we'll talk. So that is what I've been playing this week. Jesus. You, you sound like you've played literally every game ever this week. Even if they're already for two minutes each, like, dear God, that was a lot of games. <laughs> there was more that I'd have played today, but oh my I, I just God. died. I don't understand how you can get around and just, like, play the same... Like, not play the same, sorry. Um, play, like, little portions of games. Like, I, I find once I get to a game, unless it's, like, just stupidly, like, bad or boring, even if I'm, like, not having the best time, I'll slug it through till the end just to to play the whole thing. I struggle so much just jumping out of games. I guess it's... I come from an era of arcade games where I'd yeah. put... 10 pence oh, yeah. in and play it for 10 minutes yeah you know and I did that growing up all through I mean we had the Master System then the Mega Drive which was really good arcade sort of game ports then I had my Sega Saturn which I adored some of their, their arcade ports and yeah. But even some of the early PS1 stuff like Ridge Racer, you know, still one of my favourite games of all time, which is literally just an arcade game with one track. Yeah. It's two variations, but one track. So, you know, me, I grew up on the, you get, you know, I grew up on the PlayStation 2, you get a game for your <laughs> birthday and you get a game for Christmas, and you got to make that game last. So I would get like one game and I would just play that just to death before I played anything else. That's kind of like the mindset that I ended up getting in. Yeah, I mean, I guess... I mean, when I was... 14, 15... I was friends with... There was a, a game store that used to come to our little town. And... I used to talk to them quite a lot. And... I mean, I'd basically buy a game... Take it home, play it... Come back and swap it for something else. Yeah. You know, I'd just do that all day. Which was fun. Now, see, I've, I've returned the game. I returned a couple of games once. And it wasn't returning. I traded them in to help me buy my PS3 when I was 15. I've ne- I, I still, to this day, feel guilty about returning those games and trading them in. <laughs> I, have, I have such, like, a massive collection of just... Even if I know I'm not going to play them again, like... I like having that history in my room, in that on that shelf. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I at one time or another had over a thousand games. Yeah, like boxes. But unfortunately, we we moved away and we ran out of money, so I had to sell like three bin bags full of shit. And yeah, got, and got like six hundred quid. What a tragedy. Yeah, yeah. And I also had to buy a, a HD video camera. Yeah. To help with the documentary sort of thing. 
and that wasn't cheap either, so I had to sell some oh, other bits and bobs nice. for that. Pretty cool though. Best thing about yeah. having it is when I went to that gaming expo last month. When yeah. I was holding the the camera, recording stuff. I mean, I don't know if you've watched it or not. I, I, I put a video up saying "Mad Day in Glasgow Expo," whatever it was called, right? On our YouTube channel. Yeah. And it's basically just me walking around looking at bits and bobs. And when I was like walking around, I saw like the security or the bouncers, whatever you want to call them, stopping people saying, "Oh, you can't go in there. You can't go there. You can't do this. You can't do that." But when I was walking around holding my camera, they just let me walk wherever I wanted, even restricted zones. I didn't want to get in front of the camera. Really? It is so cool. Shoot, that is quite cool. But, I mean, I got given a green band, and the woman, which was like for basically people who were like demoing games, you know, at showing stuff in the not just public. Yeah. And she basically said, there is a press room down there. It's through the corridor, turn left, turn right, up there, down the... W-. And she said, don't worry if you get lost, just walk around, you you can go wherever you want. Oh, brilliant. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so, but I mean, like, I mean, we went to some board game sort of place years ago. And I don't know if you'll know him or not, Chris Barry... No, no, I'm not familiar with her. Have you ever seen Red Dwarf? No, I haven't seen Red Dwarf. Do you know of Red Dwarf? <laughs> no, I do not know <laughs> Red Dwarf, David. Okay. Well, the guy uh, who played... The guy who played Arnold Rimmer, the hologram, he was doing, like, a speech there, and basically we turned up, and we hadn't booked nothing, we hadn't done nothing, Yeah. and we just... I just walked along and saw the guy who I'd interviewed on the podcast a few weeks earlier. And I just said, yeah. oh, hi. Any chance we can talk to Chris? And next thing I knew, we were dragged off into their operations room where they had all the security, all the, every, everyone there. And then they basically said, Chris is very busy, but we can have an hour of his time from like three onwards. Yeah. You know, and unfortunately, because that was in Birmingham and we had to leave that day back up to, like, a four-hour bus ride, unfortunately, we had to go at three. Yeah. But it was just the fact that, and the way they were talking on the the walkie-talkies to each other, it was as if we were real journalists. I mean, we are real journalists, David. (laughs) It was quite... It was really good to sort of just stand there and see. Yeah. And I mean, one of the best things I've ever experienced in my short, well, my very long life but short career in doing this, we went to a games event, a retro one in, oh God, where the hell was it? Wolverhampton maybe? Okay. I can't remember. I think it's something like that, a hull. Somewhere around there. Probably miles apart, I don't know. But we went down, and the the guy, again, we interviewed on the podcast, and he said that, um, don't worry about tickets, just say you know me, and just walk in. Yeah. And I was just like, 
oh, this is going to be shit. Because it wasn't just me that time. There was me... I think there was five or six of us that went. Yeah. There was me, Evie, Mel, Nathan, and Sean. Yeah, there was like five of us. Um, And we basically just walked straight past the doors where they had the bouncers and stuff. And one of them said, Excuse me, do you have tickets? And I just turned around saying, Oh, I know Chris. And they're like, Are you one-up gaming? He's like, Yeah. And they just said, Carry on. Damn, that's cool. <laughs> it's like, Oh, yes. <laughs> but yeah, so... Things like that don't happen often, because I don't leave the house, I don't like people. I'm a yeah, little mate. recluse. Yeah. I mean, my girlfriend's been away for two weeks, and we were talking today, she was saying, I bet you're loving it. I was like, I, I do miss you, but yeah, it's really good just being sat around on my own. <laughs> little hermit I am. You really are, mate. I am, I don't All like right, going um, out. So... Anyway... What have you been playing, Chris? Because it's getting on a bit. Playing. Yeah, yeah. Um, not too much. Um, I've mainly I haven't I haven't been gaming much this week. I mainly tinkered around with Just Cause Three a little bit more. Um, what are you playing that on? Uh, PS4. Is it as bad as what everyone says about frame rate? Uh, it's it's still... I'm still really enjoying myself, but it's growing more and more tiresome, the, the shit that you're kind of dealing with. Um, the frame rate... Like, when you're... It mainly happens when you're driving. Uh, it can really, really drop uh, to, like, a, a, a truly noticeable level. Um, you have a fair amount of game tearing that kind of happens with the visuals every now and again. Um, but then the... You know the thing that's been annoying me the most about it, because as I say, it's it's a real blast to play. Like it's a it's a fun game. The mechanics are really cool and all that. Um, the story's so so, but I mean, it, what do you expect from Just Cause? But it's like I was playing it last night, and I just got I just kept getting so frustrated because I kept it kept uh, the game kept crashing, and I was on like one of the bigger levels, you know. Uh, one of the kind of harder main story missions when you kind of free enough uh, provinces within a region, you kind of get these big story mission encounters where there's like a big war between the rebel factions and the kind of the the army of the dictatorship kind of clashing and it's really cool to watch but the game just kept crashing for like different reasons and I, it's there was one point where and like the, the game would bug out in the sense that so it was like I played part of the mission got through it, did a really good run, went to the next part, and then there was like a glitch that like saying protect the rebel boat, but then it was also telling me to go and do something else. I just went and did something else, and it was fine, and then I was like progressing through the story, and then it crashed, and I was like, I've just sunk half an hour into this mission, gonna have to redo it now, fuck me. Um, go to redo it, and then I redo it, and it's like a completely different mission. And it's like, I did the first part that I did, but then there was all these things that I had to do before I got to the, the part that I did before. And it was like, the first time around, the game crashed because it actually forgot to tell me to do things in the mission and didn't make them available to do. And then it was just like, oh, shit, now we forgot some stuff, crash. And that happened to me a couple of times. So it, it got to the point where I was actually getting annoyed for the first time playing the game, where I was like, okay, now it's going beyond the point of just... 
it's annoying or it's not as pretty or smooth as it could be. It's like now this is actually impacting me being able to fucking progress and like deleting work that I've done. So that was annoying me. Um, played a little bit of Rocket League. Uh, had a mate of mine come over and we we gave the uh, the hoop setting a go where you where you play the kind of basketball version of Rocket League. Really, really hard. I've not logged Rocket League up in years. Well, not years, but you know, like years, months. In a, in, yeah, in months. No, I I go back to it every now and again. I still think it's a really, really fun game. Um, but no, we played like the hoop setting for like fifteen minutes. Realized it was way harder, um, and we just went back to playing the kind of soccer version, which is definitely the best version. Definitely, it, it's still it's it's as a guy who's not into racing games and not into sports games and who kind of gets annoyed playing FIFA and NBA because I personally feel, and maybe I'm just shit, but I personally feel that you do have to learn the systems and it's not a game that I can play for like half an hour and then jump back into two months later for half an hour. It's like, I feel like I've got to relearn how to pass and shoot and dribble or... The problem is, with FIFA, people don't realise, but... It's ten years of I me. Mean, I've basically played like every game, like for like the last ten years. So for me, the new game plays almost identically to the last game. They've just added something yeah. little onto it. But for someone that doesn't play those games, they've got ten years of mechanics to learn. Exactly, exactly. And I jump in, and I just like it's like I'll pick up one of those games every four or five years, just so I have like a sports game. I don't need it every year. But I find it confusing as hell to go back every few months, and then if I have a mate who doesn't game regularly come around, they can't pick it up. Whereas with Rocket League, I find it's a game that is still like hard to master, but really easy just to drop anyone into. And every single person, people who don't even play video games that I've, I've, I've brought around to give it a go, they can just jump in and they can still have fun without knowing what they're doing, because it, it's, it's basically a three-button game. So I think that I mean I think that's part of the beauty of Rocket League. Um, but no, so played a little bit of that, and then I ended up actually, uh, to my surprise, playing a lot of Outlast, uh, the original one that came out in like 2013, I think, on PS4. Um, me and a couple of buddies were like, oh, you know, we want to have drinks tonight, but we don't want to go out to town or anything because it's like it's like a 50 minute bus ride to go to town. So we were like, mm, nah, fuck that, alright, um, let's just uh, have some beers and do something here. And then we didn't feel like watching a movie, so we chucked on Outlast on the big screen, turned, on all, turned off all the lights and tried to give that a go, and um, actually had a really great time playing it. I've owned Outlast since it first came out, thanks to PlayStation Plus, but I've tried playing it on my own. And I've tried playing it with my girlfriend, and it's one of those games that if you are not unfazed by horror, or you're just not a big horror game fan, it's really hard to kind of get through those games, because you do end up getting scared, you do, you know, and unlike a movie where you just keep getting pushed forward, um, in these games you can just put the controller down and say, nope, I'm not doing it. And so having a group of people who you're all having a laugh with and it's scary but you're actually having like a bit of banter a few jokes around while you're doing it 
it actually makes it a lot more fun to play. Like I, I remember watching the the slender drunken let's play and thinking how much fun that looks. So so we ended up I think getting about halfway through the game, but. No, after a few beers, I mean, playing something like that is an absolute blast, so I'll probably finish that off with them in the, in the coming days. But I know, I mean, as I say, I have not been gaming heavily uh, this past week. I've been working a lot, uh, so, you know, those are the only things I've touched based on. Yeah. I mean, going back to your Rocket League, mm-hmm. I mean, like... We, I managed to get a code because I said I was going to do some streaming with it, but unfortunately, like a lot of things, life gets in the way. True, true. And I thought, oh, I'll just turn it on and have a quick go. An hour and a half later. Yeah, you can really sink time into it. And I, I did enjoy it, but unfortunately, I. I only load the PC up either to do editing or to record something, and that's basically it. Yeah. I don't really play that many games on the PC. Yeah. Which is annoying. But, yeah, so Rocket League, it's a class game. It it really is. It, it will go down in history, I think, as one of the greatest games. And say what you want to say, but I do think... Giving it away as a, a free game for PlayStation Plus subscribers was genius. It was, because the thing is, it got it into the hands of people who probably, like, I would never have bought that game. Mm. And it got it into the hands of enough people that it built up this momentum from word of mouth. And, I mean, people who claim now they're like, oh, it was foolish of them to put it on PlayStation Plus because think of how many sales they lost. Well, I, I read an article today that apparently not including the people who downloaded it for free for PlayStation Plus, Rocket League has sold more copies than Metal Gear Solid Five has. Yeah, I, mean, I think it's made the company, is it $5 million? Oh, I think a lot more. No, because it's only a cheap game. I don't know, I, I, thought, they, I thought they were really raking it in, like they'd, they'd come up with a, an extremely... It, it, only, it only cost them a couple of hundred thousand to make. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sure this... Uh, unless that was just, like, America only or something. Um, uh, actually... Uh, I can't remember now. It's something I've read ages ago. But, yeah, basically, they've made loads of money from it. Yeah, it's been incredibly successful, yeah. Yeah. So, is there any news, or...? Yeah, no, there's um, some mild news. It was, a, it was a quiet week, so we'll jump into that. First things first, um, No Man's Sky has finally gotten gold. Uh, Hello Games has finally finished development on that, which is... I found it, you know, really uplifting because, I mean, like... Those guys have taken a lot of shit in the last month or so with uh, having delayed the game. And they've received, like, a lot of hate mail and all that kind of, like, real... Just real, like, unnecessary stuff from gamers who, like, have this kind of fucked up perspective that this is their game, you know, and that these people are making this, you know. I mean, they are making it for them, but you know what I mean, that kind of real privileged perspective. They're making it for their bank balance first and foremost. But anyway, so to see these guys be like, yes, we worked on this for four years, we finished it, you know, big achievement, seeing them happy is great. 
Um, but then it was also really surprising and, and great to see how many people responded, you know, really happily over this. Uh, the fact that I think their tweet about um, their tweet got, you know, either twelve or like twenty thousand retweets or something in like the half a day that they posted it, and yet like Uncharted Four, which is like Sony's biggest uh, kind of first party uh, game in this year. I think that only had about like six thousand retweets. It was it was it was like significantly less at least than Hello Games is. Um, but to see all that kind of you know goodwill around it and people really happy and, and it, it's good. It, it, you know that's what the game community should be. You know people being excited, developers being excited, the community being excited. Not all this kind of console war or you know hate filled kind of uh, commentary. It shouldn't be that. I mean, the only thing that I will say is I know a couple of reviewers over in America and they've actually had like hands-on. Yeah. And from what they were sort of hinting at, it's not going to be a great game. It's not going to be the game that everyone thinks it's going to be, where you're building these massive colonies and worlds and all this stuff's happening. I mean, it, it, this is an indie title. So I, I, I don't think it's going to be a bad game, but I think people need to limit their expectations far more than they are. Yeah. I, mean, I, um, I know a couple of them that even said that they thought it was going to get delayed again. Well, I mean, it's gone gold now, so... Yeah, but there still might be some of the technical things that... Not with the game, just with Sony and Cert and things like that. Right. Uh, I really doubt it'll be delayed. They'd receive such a backlash backlash after if they, do, if they did that again. It's funny, though. <laughs> i tell you what they should uh, do. Yeah? They should go on, like, do, like, a proper live stream... Build up all the hype, saying news. We've got news about No Man's Sky. Yeah. Come out and sort of say, "We're extremely sorry to say the game is delayed." Instead of launching at two p.m. Eastern specific time, um, it'll now come out at three p.m. Oh my God, David! You know, <laughs> just to say, "Fuck you." <laughs> anyway, go on. <laughs> Sorry, I don't feel well. No, it's alright. The only other news that I have this week uh, is that Evolve is getting a relaunch. Free to play. Um, Yeah, yeah. Despite the fact that it launched like February last year, it's now back on beta on PC. um, And will be relaunching again at some point in the near future on consoles. uh, As rebranded as Evolve Stage 2 which is uh, free-to-play. Um, a lot of the gameplay mechanics are changed up, such as the fact that um, all different types of uh, hunters can uh, put up trapper barriers. Uh, a lot of the different individual characters' uh, movesets have been changed. The way the game actually plays itself has been changed a lot. Um, and I don't know 100% because I, I haven't been able to confirm it, but I mean, from watching the launch trailer, it looks like you can actually play the whole game in third person now as well. Um, even as the hunters, it, it looks like they can—they're all playable in the third person. So, 
really interesting that they're doing this, you know, and I mean, kind of I mean, trying did to you the game. play the game. Yeah, I, I I've got it on Xbox One, and I thought it was really fun to play for fifteen minutes. And then it became really hard to hunt down the monster, and it became really hard to to either find a group that were kind of good enough to support each other, whether that meant that I was playing with other people who weren't very good, and so they weren't doing what they needed to. Sometimes I'd be in a group, and I was doing a really bad job, and I felt like I was letting everyone down. And there was so much reliant on each individual member having to be great. And then on top of that, there was there was kind of no single-player narrative. There was nothing to keep me stuck to it. Um, and then I just felt like I was either letting people down or people were letting me down in the multiplayer, so I, I dropped off very quickly. Yeah, I, I'm not sure that this type of game is the future like a lot of developers thought three, four years ago. Yeah. Yeah, 4v1 or whatever. Because like, there was a lot of them that were announced, and a, a lot of them have been like slightly sort of like cancelled. Yeah, no, and it's the same with the hero shooter. I mean, the problem is there's usually only with other genres like the single player open world experience, or the narrative experience, or the linear experience, or the platformer. Those are experiences that people will play for maybe twenty hours, and then they move on. They want something different. When you get these hero shooters, these 4v1 multiplayer games, uh, these MOBAs, people commit to them for months and years. And you really have to be lucky enough to be the one that people connect with and stick to, or you're not going to make it. And I think that's going to happen with a lot of games coming out post-Overwatch. With Overwatch came in, it's made its mark as, okay, this is the hero shooter people want to play, this is the hero shooter people are sticking with. Are people going to move on to something else? It's the same happened with uh, Destiny and the Division. The Destiny's come around first. It was a bit of a slow burn, but has eventually come around to something that people have stuck with. And people moved on to the Division for a bit, played it for a bit, but they've gone back to Destiny. And I, I think it, I think it's like that with all these. I think Evolve is the same. It just it wasn't one of the ones that clicked. Wait. It's like the Titanfall. I loved how it played, but I don't want to play against other people. No. And that's why it's good that it's got a single-player campaign coming out. Yeah. And that's why, as well, I think a lot of people were surprised. Like, people were expecting a possible, you know, Evolve 2 with a narrative experience that people could jump in, but it's gone the complete other direction now, going, okay, this is a full free-to-play model, uh, multiplayer game, uh, kind of in-game currency, all that kind of jazz. That's probably the cheapest way to try to fix it. Yeah, it probably is. Because it probably did not sell anything like they were expecting. No, but they're putting a lot of work to, to fix it up and, and, and make it into something better. So, I mean, you know, good on them for that. Yeah. So, but anyway, else? That's, uh, no, no, that's news for this week. That's us covered. Do you want to do the outro? Cool, no, no worries at all. Alright, guys. I'll, I'll just lean up against the microphone and close my eyes. Alright, you just, you just relax and listen to this beautiful outro. Cool. Uh, so, guys, this has been the 1UP Gaming podcast uh, at 1upgaming.co.uk. Uh, I've been your host this week, uh, Chris, Chris Bowering. Chris. Chris, yes, yes. What episode number is it? 
this is episode 161. Thank you. Yeah, you're very welcome. You're very I, welcome. I get so lost. Say, I get lost unless people say the numbers. <laughs> so as I say, no, I've been your host this week. Um, uh, I've been here with you with uh, David Cameron, our um, great founder of OneUpGaming.co.uk. Also the Prime uh, Minister of the United Kingdom. Wasn't aware of that, but okay, hey, why not? Well, uh, I'll, I'll, I've said I'll resign in a couple of months, so... Okay. Yeah. Um, you can uh, help us out by checking out www.patreon.com slash O-U-G. Um, and uh, we need as much support as we can, so if you hit us up on One Up Gaming on Facebook, on YouTube, uh, you can follow us at twitch.tv slash official or sorry, O-U-G official. Uh, Twitter, that's the same, at O-U-G official. You can email uh, David for any questions or anything like that. Uh, any games you might want reviewed, send them in to us at contact at oneupgaming.co.uk. You can find us on Podbean or iTunes, and please subscribe. Uh, give us five stars or give us you know a decent rating if you like the podcast, if you enjoy what we do, because positive feedback always helps us uh, find new people and continue doing what we love doing. And so, um, with that, I will say... I did say that I would give away a Toshiba Encore 8-inch Windows 10 tablet if mm-hmm. we got 10 reviews on both the One Up Gaming podcast and the OUG Talks podcast. We've got yeah. 9 reviews on One Up Gaming. So close. And we've got about 4 or 5 on the OUG Talks. Hey, cool, so let's make it happen, guys, and maybe you'll be in to win that uh, that beautiful tablet. Please be in the UK, so I don't have to do a lot of shipping. <laughs> All right, guys, well, that's us for this week, so thanks for joining us, and uh, have a good one. Thank you. Goodbye. Hey, guys, Justin here. I just wanted to say that I've been thinking about you. I've been thinking about you a lot. Yes, you in particular, in that way. And I wanted to say, I think you're great. I've always said that about you. And... I was wondering, if you think we're great, if you could give us a quick rating on iTunes, we'd really appreciate it. It would really, really help us out in that, you know, podcasty sort of way. And if you're feeling particularly festive, perhaps even a little saucy, maybe stop by our Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash O-U-G and see if you can't slip a few bucks our way. After all, every little penny or whatever space money they use in Europe helps out the show. Thanks for listening. OUG Gaming will always be free, but with your support, we can always move forward and always be better.